It's not fair. If you're a parent, if you work with children, or if you spend any time with kids at all, then you'll be familiar with this sentiment, usually accompanied with a deep sense of grievance and perhaps a grunt and a stamp of the feet that Harry Enfield's Kevin would be proud of. The truth is, however, that whether the injustice that is felt is real or merely perceived, that there is nothing that exercises a kid as much as unfairness. And I take a guess that, however long ago it was, in our own childhoods, if we cast our minds back, this is at least one time that we can remember when a teacher called us out when really another pupil was guilty. Or perhaps we copped it from our parents when really the person who should have was our brother or sister. I'd also take a guess that, well, just the fact that we remember that, but the fact that that still rankles, that injustice, that unfairness, is still something that sticks in our mind. Fairness, equitable treatment and natural justice are definitely high on a child's agenda. Perhaps we lose that sense of outrage a bit as we get older. But made as I believe we are in God's image, for those who are younger, a sense of justice and fairness definitely sits close to their hearts. This morning, we're going to spend a few minutes exploring the concept of justice in the Bible and try and discover a little more about God's heart for justice. We're going to look at some of what it said in the Old Testament, some of what it said in the New Testament about justice, and then we're going to try and explore what that means for us in our lives today. God's justice in the Old Testament. Justice is a major theme in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word for justice is, and I'm not sure about my pronunciation of this, mishpat, and that occurs more than 200 times in the Old Testament. It means two things. In one sense, it means a le- that, uh, in one sense, it's a legal term, and it means that anybody accused of a crime should be treated the same regardless of their wealth, their race, or their social status. But this word goes beyond equal access to legal justice. It also means actively giving people their rights, and in particular, advocating for justice for those who cannot speak for themselves. Over and over again in the Old Testament, The reader is called to take up the cause of the widow, the orphan, the alien, which we probably translate as an immigrant, not a little green fellow, and the poor. In Proverbs 31, God's people are called to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of the destitute, to speak up and judge fairly, to defend the rights of the poor. A similar call is given in Isaiah chapter 1 where it says, Seek justice and encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. In Psalm 82, the writer implores God's people to defend the cause of the fatherless, to maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. 
the message is clear and repetition serves to emphasize the point. In pre-modern agrarian societies, these groups that are mentioned, the widow, the orphan, the immigrant, the poor, had no social power. They lived at subsistence level and were regularly taken advantage of. With no one to protect them, their lives were permanently precarious. In verse after verse after verse in the Old Testament, God's people, God calls on his people to protect society's most vulnerable. To show love, to show mercy, to show compassion to those who need it most. To act justly towards those who cannot speak up for themselves. God's heart for justice is clearly seen throughout the Old Testament as he constantly calls on his people to act justly and to ensure that justice is also available to those who cannot access it for themselves. Justice in the New Testament. As in the Old Testament, so it is in the New, and helping those in need is a major focus. The early church is actually unbelievably radical as it addresses injustice and inequality. It says in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give those who had need. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, and they shared everything they had. Similarly, the writer in 1 John, as we heard earlier, in chapter 3, notes, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speak speech, but with, but with actions and in truth. I'm not exactly sure how that kind of collective pooling of resources would or could or should look in our 21st century society. But this is crystal clear. God's heart for justice demands we hold our material possessions and our wealth lightly, and that wherever we, need, we see a need, we must do what we can to help. When we have, and others do not, our response should not be to hold even more tightly onto what we've been blessed with, but instead to respond freely with love and mercy from a heart overflowing with a sense of God's heart for justice. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we see again that theme that we saw in the Old Testament of God's people being called to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. In the book of James in chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The New Testament actively seeks justice says actively seeking justice for others is a response to God's love. As we receive his love, 
so we should reflect his love to others. As we understand more of his heart for justice, so we should try to act more justly towards others and also to strive for justice for those who are oppressed and marginalised. So from what we've looked at in both the Old and the New Testament, we can see that God is a God who requires us to deal justly and fairly with other people. God has a heart for justice. God wants us to take hold of his heart for justice as our own. And God wants us to be people who actively seek to work to secure justice for those around us. Justice and the 21st century Christian. So what does sharing God's heart for justice look like for us? I think there are three main areas that we can focus on. Personal justice. I believe it's clear from some of the scriptures we've looked at today that God is calling us to have personal lives that reflect his desire for justice. I believe we're called to deal justly with everyone we come into contact with. We're called to be fair and just in all areas of our lives. We're to be the kind of people who don't constantly look to gain an advantage, especially at other people's expense. We're called on not to be people with sharp elbows, always looking to push others down in order to lever ourselves up. We're called not to be unjust in our business transactions, neither looking to pay less than is merited, nor to charge more than is fair. But this is not just about not doing stuff. Sharing God's heart for justice is also about helping those we meet to receive what is justly theirs. When James talked about helping the widow and the orphan, he was referencing those in his own society who were oppressed and unable to speak up for themselves. Likewise, in our everyday lives, we are to actively seek justice for those who we come into contact with. Justice in the church. Sawbridgeworth, with its village feel, its buoyant housing market, and its low crime rate, is not a kind of place that kind of screams social injustice. It's not a Brazilian favela, It's not an African township, and it's not an informal settlement on the Indian subcontinent. But there is need, and there are numerous opportunities through this church and through other church organisations to get involved. Things like Make Lunch, Harlow Food Bank, Bishop's Dorford Night Shelter, or working with the youth or the elder people in our community. The verse we've looked at today, I believe, clearly show that God wants us to be actively working and advocating for those who are marginalised in our societies. As ever, however, we need to hold, when we look at scripture, we need to hold things in balance, look at one thing in the light of another. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Great Commission, and this is the final words that given by Jesus to his disciples before he was taken into heaven. It says in Matthew 28 and verse 19 that Jesus' final words were, go and make disciples of all nations. Literally, 
Go. Go on out and tell everyone the gospel. The need to be active in social justice, to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves, does not mean that we negate or downplay our need to tell others about Jesus. Justice is not a replacement for the gospel. Justice is an implication of the gospel. When we act corporately as a church and attempt to meet the needs of others, we do it in Jesus' name. Justice on a wider stage. Poverty, starvation, access to clean water, corrupt governments, oppressive regimes, the loss of basic human rights. Sadly, the list goes on. There are so many areas in the world that need God's justice. For some people, advocating for others at home or abroad is something that comes naturally. For others, it's a very foreign concept. I want to tell you a story about a lady I met in South Africa back in the year 2000. We'd gone to KwaZulu-Natal with an organisation called Amos Trust to support uh, the work of a boys' shelter there, uh, a boys' shelter for former street children. One of the many obstacles that stood in their way in terms of integrating back into mainstream society was a lack of paperwork, and in particular, a lack of a birth certificate. A few of the boys knew their date of birth. Some knew the season or the month or possibly the year. Some had no idea at all. So we allocated roughly appropriate birthdays to each of the boys and used that birthday to apply for a birth certificate. Each month we took four or five boys and registered them. And as we, as we got them their birth certificate, we also organised their first ever birthday party. We go into the, the nearest town and get various uh, treats and we go to a cake shop where a lady made celebration cakes and we got her to make a birthday cake. The first month we went in there and we gave the list of the names that we wanted on the cake. She raised one eyebrow. The second month, she raised two. The third month, she said, what are you doing? And so we told her. After about five months, she asked if she could come to a party. This lady was called Elspeth. Elspeth Pollock. She owned the shop and she was a member of the white community. And as I'm sure you're aware, in South Africa, even though this was six years after the end of apartheid, the communities are incredibly separated. She was intrigued and she came with us. We went and picked her up from her comfortable home in the suburb and drove her back into the township. She loved the party and the boys loved her. On the way back to drop her off, as we went back onto the main road, she said, I've never been past this point before. She looked out the window and she said, the only boys, black boys I've spoken to before have been those who have been the children of people I'd employed. And then she just sat and looked and said, I never knew. A couple of months later, Elspeth was back with another cake. It had her name on it. 
she'd come to celebrate her party with the boys. I have to admit, before I went to South Africa, I had some pretty definite views about the collective guilt of the white community. However, watching Elspeth, a lovely, caring, middle-aged lady, cross barriers and boundaries she had never crossed before opened my eyes. Apartheid had clearly not happened because white South Africans were bad people. Apartheid happened, in part at least, because good South Africans had not done enough. Apartheid happened because the church and Christians had not done enough. And the same, I believe, could be said for many, many places, in many, many areas, in many, many countries across the world. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God repeatedly calls on his people to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, to protect the vulnerable, to advocate for justice. Why? Because I believe God's heart breaks when he sees injustice. And because as an all-knowing God, he can see what will happen when his people stay silent and look the other way. Being concerned for others, being concerned about national and global justice and global issues, it's not about politics. It doesn't matter if you're left-wing, right-wing, or somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter if you think Trump's a genius or a clown. It doesn't matter if you're somebody who says, I don't like politics, I don't understand it, I don't like politicians. It's not about that. God calls us as Christians to be active in seeking justice for others. Pick up a pen and write a letter. Send an email. Sponsor a child. Give generously to charities working with the vulnerable. Take a break from paid employment and go and work at home or abroad with the marginalised and the oppressed. God is a God of justice. And justice demands that a price was to be paid for the mistakes that we have all made. But in his love and mercy, it was God's own son Jesus who paid that price in full on the cross. God did not circumvent justice in order to spare his one and only son. Justice is right at the heart of God. That desire for justice is expressed in a desire for us to deal justly with others and is a desire for us to speak up for the marginalised and the oppressed. So let us commit to opening our hearts to God's desire for justice. Let's together become a people who deal justly with others in our personal lives. Let us together become a church that seeks to bring justice to our own community. And let us proclaim Jesus as we do it. Let us become a people who are concerned by what happens in our nation and what happens abroad and become a people who seek justice for those who cannot speak up for themselves. God's heart is for justice. 
May our heart be like his. Amen.